when you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players. You have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, baby. listening to just pod baby a las vegas raiders podcast brought to you by silver and black and now your host evan Grote. and let's go raider nation and welcome back to just pod baby episode 102 on tap for you this week just a reminder just pod baby is now part of the brand new vegas sports today podcast network as i'm sure you're aware vegas sports daily and silver and black today have now merged to form the brand new Vegas Sports Today. And I'm really proud to be a part of the team and and to be on uh, the podcast network. So um, hopefully we continue to grow and you guys will all come over from Silver and Black today and, and, and join us over at the new Vegas Sports Today. Um, today, uh, this week, we're going to be joined by a very special guest later in the show, Raiders undrafted free agent wide receiver DJ Turner. We're going to talk to DJ about how things are going out to rookie minicamp in Henderson. And I also want to just talk to him a bit about his journey to the Raiders. He spent some time at the University of Maryland and then transferred to the University of Pitt. So he's got an interesting past, and I want to get into that a little bit with him. But the big news this week that we're going to begin with is the release of the 2021 schedule, and the Raiders are getting things kicked off in a very big way this season on Monday Night Football in primetime against a very tough opponent in the Baltimore Ravens. Now, personally, I'm not a real big fan of these primetime games. It's tough. You know, I'm out here on the East Coast. And, and when those games aren't starting till 8.20, 8.30, you know, you're not getting those games over with till 11.30, 12 o'clock. That is tough. I got to get up early in the morning for work. And, uh, you know, I'm just not a big fan of it. So, uh, you know, I'll suck it up for, for a couple weeks. You know that. But, uh, but I'll do some plenty of complaining about it as well. Uh, and, you know, really, in week one, I, I want to get that game done and over with. I want it to be a 1 p.m. kickoff on a Sunday like it was last year at Carolina. I hate waiting around all day Sunday, watching all the other teams play, and then waiting all day Monday. That's tough. I mean, there's there's so much excitement in the air for the uh, the beginning of the season, and to have to wait until 8.20 on Monday night, it's just it's excruciating at times. But uh, it is nice that the Raiders are going to be getting some, some national recognition, and you know they're going to be featured in four primetime games this season. Um, let me just pull them up right here real quick. Uh, obviously the, the week one, uh, matchup with the Baltimore Ravens. And then again in week four, uh, at SoFi stadium in, in Los Angeles against the chargers. That is a, uh, Monday night game again. So two Monday night games in, in, in a four week span. And then again, in week 10, Sunday night football, uh, at home versus the, the, the chiefs. That'll be a, that'll be a big one. And then week 12 Thanksgiving day, uh, at the house that Jerry built in Dallas, big D, uh, that's a four thirty Eastern time kickoff, uh, Raiders Cowboys. So that's exciting. Also, there is another game. Uh, I'm not sure what week it is. I think week maybe week 16, uh, late in the season in Cleveland. Right now, that's tentatively scheduled to be either Saturday, December 18th, or Sunday, uh, December 19th. So that could be an opportunity if the game is on a Saturday that they could pick up a fifth primetime game as well. 
Now, what I want to do here is I want to take a kind of a deeper dive into the schedule and get you just some of my thoughts and my opinions on the schedule and how it kind of how it kind of played out. The first thing that I like to do when when the schedule or when the list of opponents comes out, okay, when when you find out who are the home games, who are the away games, and then of course once the schedule is officially released, the first thing that I do, I like to pay attention to who are the quarterbacks that the Raiders are going to be facing. And I see only one elite level quarterback on the schedule this year. And that's Patrick Mahomes. And of course, they will be facing the Chiefs twice this year. Now, after Mahomes, you have a couple of really good quarterbacks. But as of right now, I'm not ready to crown them in that elite category. And that is Justin Herbert, who they're going to face twice. Dak Prescott and Lamar Jackson. Now, Ben Roethlisberger, I know they face him in week two. He's a future Hall of Famer. I don't want to throw any shade at him or or, or any disrespect to him in any way. He's a great one, and he's got some weapons around him still. I um, mean, he can still play at a very high level, I think. Um, but uh, and, I, and I also know that Lamar Jackson is a um, former MVP in this league, and I've seen Dak Prescott throw for like 5,000 yards and, what, he had like 40 touchdowns there a couple years ago. So, again, some really good quarterbacks – Um, but the point I'm making is that the Raiders are not going to be facing a gauntlet of type top end quarterbacks during the season. And I, and I think that's really an important factor because as you know, I believe the NFL is a quarterback driven league. And when you have to deal with these elite quarterbacks week in, week out, they can sometimes win games single handedly. I don't see, I just don't see that caliber of guy on the schedule. So I do like that. Now the second part of the schedule release that I like to focus on is when are the when is each game being played? Of course, right? We hear a lot of talk about strength of schedule, and I, and I do think that that data carries some some weight. It does, but you have to remember those numbers are based on the previous season's records and previous season's winning percentages. And the NFL is just such a year to year league, and it's week to week that sometimes once the games begin. It means very little, right? Once the season begins, it means very little what a team did in 2020. Now, that being said, I do want to mention, I'm going to at least mention it, the strength of schedule. The Raiders have the eighth most difficult schedule according to their opponent's 2020 win percentage, which is at a 526, by the way. That's 142 wins, 128 losses, and two ties in 2020. And I, and I saw an article on The Athletic the other, uh, I think it was it was yesterday, it was on, it was on uh, Wednesday, and it discussed the strength of schedule, but, but rather than basing it on opponents' records from the previous year, it used projected win totals for the file, for the upcoming season, uh, and that was according to BetMGM in, in this specific article. And I really liked it. I, I think this is this might be a better way to come up with a truer um, idea of strength of schedule because it takes into account a lot of things that had hap- that has happened since the the completion of the 2020 season. We're talking about free agent acquisitions, draft picks, coaching changes. Um, you know trades and whatnot. So there's a lot of other factors that go into um, when Vegas comes up with these these futures, right? Wins uh, over, under, wins, losses, and all that kind of thing. 
Now, unfortunately, if you want to look at it from that standpoint, the Raiders, they rank second with the most difficult schedule behind only the Steelers. Now, according to the BetMGM, the Raiders' opponents are projected to win 152 games combined. That was only one game behind uh, Pittsburgh, which was 153, I believe. And I think that was like an average of like nine, nine and a half wins. So, so you know, that that's that's when you look at it from that perspective, that does give you some pause. But again, this is all based on projections. And, and as I said, once, once live bullets start flying, a, a lot can change. So my question to you is, what do you guys think? Do, do you prefer to use the old strength of schedule format where you're, you're looking at previous years, um, win totals and win percentage, or do you think it's a better way to go about it to, to look at what Vegas thinks? How many games are these teams going to win? What's the future's win totals look like for uh, 2021? So let me know what you think. Reach out to me on Twitter and and, and, get, and give me some of your thoughts. But I want to get back to my original point here, and that's when are the specific games placed into the schedules? When do they travel to Arrowhead? When are those East Coast trips? Are there any back-to-back East Coast trips? How about the bye week? When's that happening? Who's on the schedule the final five weeks of the season? These are all factors that need to be considered uh, when I'm trying to come up with a a projection in my head or a prediction for a win-loss record. These are some of the factors that I like to look at. So when I look at the schedule, I really like the fact that the Raiders are getting Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Miami early, early in the season, weeks one through three, in fact. I, I think that's a good thing for the Raiders. Hopefully everyone at that point is at full health. And, um, you know, clicking, playing well. Hopefully, I know it's early in the season. You got some young players. How quick can they come around? That'll be a factor as well. Um, but again, I think the health, what we saw last year, the health is, is a big factor. You know, mid-season, we saw a lot of players going down. So the fact that they're going to play a couple really tough teams early in the season, that that looks good for the Raiders. And don't forget, Baltimore and Pittsburgh uh, they were both in the playoffs last year. Miami just missed, so I think it'll be a great test out of the gate um, to begin the season. We're going to learn an awful lot about this team very early on and if this defense is up for the task. Now, I think weeks five through nine really, really um, line up well. I, I like I like the way the schedule plays out weeks five through nine. Uh, they start out with a home game in week five versus Chicago, and who knows what the quarterback situation is going to look like for them. Is it going to be Andy Dalton still who who maintains that job, or will it be the rookie uh, Justin Fields out of Ohio State? Will Will Fields win the job out of camp? I mean, who knows? Um, so I think that's a game that you know, depending on how how that Chicago Bears defense plays, it's a winnable game, uh, you know, for the Raiders. Then they go on it on the road for their second divisional game. At Denver, the weather should not be a factor that early in the season. Let's hope it's not Aaron Rodgers at the helm for Denver. Um, again, they got a quarterback kind of issue right now. Is it is it going to be uh, Teddy Bridgewater who they brought in uh, just before the draft, or or Drew Locke? You know, he struggled early in his career, so that's another very winnable game uh, for the Raiders. And then in Week Seven, uh, they're home. They welcome in the Philadelphia Eagles, who were horrendous a year ago. Um, new coach, uh, Jalen Hurts, is going to be in his, his first full year as a starter. And I think that this team is in the midst of, of, of a transition. I wouldn't necessarily call it a rebuild, but they do have a new coach. The roster is really weak. I know they brought in a, uh, 
wide receiver, uh, kid out of Bama, uh, Devontae Smith, right, who, who, who should be very dynamic in the league. But again, another very winnable game on paper against the Eagles and then they get the bye week in week eight. And and I think you have to be pretty satisfied with a, with a bye week, you know, at, at essentially the halfway point in your schedule. Um, I, I can't imagine too many NFL coaches are complaining about that. And another good thing about the bye week that I really like is it comes a week before a long East coast trip to MetLife stadium to face the giants in early September or November. And, you know, these East Coast trips to MetLife Stadium have not really been kind to the Raiders in the past two years. They struggled to beat the Jets a year ago, and and in 2019, they lost to the Jets. They were blown out by the Jets, in fact, in, in, in MetLife. So, um, you know, I like the fact that they're going to have a, the, the week to prepare uh, for the Giants. And you know it's going to be windy, and it's going to be chilly in Jersey. And say what you want about the Giants from a year ago. They're, they're going to have Saquon Barkley back. They've added some weapons for Daniel Jones. They got it— Excuse me. They brought in Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony from Florida through the draft, and they added some juice to that pass rush with another player that I really liked out of the draft, Aziz Ojolari. So don't overlook the G-men. I, I like the young coach as well, and I think they're a team that might surprise some people in, in the NFC East division uh, in, in 2021. Now, I, I think what the Raiders have to do here when I look at the schedule is they have to be able to get through those first eight games in decent shape, uh, much like they have been able to do in each of the past two seasons when they started out six and four and six and three. I think that's going to be a key element to this season is getting off to another, you know, decent start. I can't quite tell you right now what, what that is. Um, but again, if they, if they could start out six and three, like they did last year, that's going to be key going in uh, for this team going into the the second half of the season. Now the big question is going to be obviously can they finish, right? The final 9 game stretch in my opinion is much more difficult to navigate than the previous 8 games. And don't forget they're playing 17 games this year, right? That's kind of thrown me off a couple of times already. Uh in that time, right? In the final 9 games, they're going to play four playoff teams from a year ago, and that includes the Chiefs twice in a five-week span. Okay, week 10 and week 14, they play the Chiefs twice. Then they play the Cowboys, as I mentioned at the top, on Thanksgiving Day. And you know, again, say what you want about uh, the Cowboys. Last year, it was it was not pretty in Big D, but that offense, they can score some points, and they will score some points. Uh, I'm assuming Dak Prescott is going to come back fully healthy, and that defense was was every bit as bad as the Raiders, don't get me wrong, from a year ago. Um, you know, this one could be a really fun game to watch. It's going to be Thanksgiving. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I expect that to be a high scoring game and, um, you know, and then, uh, and, and that, don't forget that's going to be on a short week. That's one of the things I wanted to throw out there that, that Cowboys game is on a short week. They're coming off of a home game on November 21st versus the Bengals. So don't overlook that Thursday uh, Thursday afternoon Thanksgiving game with the Cowboys as well. And as for the final five games, which is something that I, I'm i paying close attention to this year, uh, particularly because of what has happened in the last two seasons, um, I think these could very well uh, maybe decide the Raiders' fate You know, as far as the playoffs uh, is concerned. Um and in those final final five games, um, they start out with let's see, let me take a look at this. Road game 
in Kansas City. Okay, that's going to be tough. December 12th, you know it's going to be cold, and it's going to be loud there, right? And I know what you're saying. Oh, but the Raiders, Derek Carr, they exercised those demons last year in 2020, those Arrowhead demons. I get it. I get it. And I have faith that they can do it again. But Arrowhead, at full capacity, 65, 70,000 people strong in December, that's just a whole other animal. Okay, so you got to definitely um, keep that in mind. Then they turn around again and hit the road for Cleveland on a Saturday or a Sunday game. That's still to be determined, and that's back-to-back road games. That is the only time in the season that the Raiders will have back-to-back road games against two very good playoff-caliber teams um, who fully expected to be there again, followed by a home game versus Denver. Then it's on the road again at Indianapolis, another team that is projected uh, for double-digit wins, according to what I saw uh, online. Ten wins, in fact, they're projected. And then it's and then it's back home for the season finale against the Chargers, a, a, a team that played them very tough last year, uh, a divisional opponent. So, so three of the final five games on the road, and three of the um, three of the final five games against teams who were in the playoffs in 2020 and are fully expected to get back there again in 2021. So, with all that being said, I, I'm not going to make any. Uh, win-loss project, uh, projections here right now. I'm going to save that for uh, when, when training camp uh, finishes up. But I, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Raiders in a similar situation as they have been in in 2019 and 2020 when they were in the driver's seat to make a run at the playoffs. But it will absolutely come down to whether or not this team can finish. And, and I would assume that after being in position each of the last two seasons, you're going to grow on that. You're going to learn from the missteps. Both the coaches, both the players, everyone in the organization is going to do everything in their power not to let that happen again. And I think that if they are in position again, they'll be much more prepared to make the the next step this season. All right, I'm going to get to a quick break. And when I return, we'll be joined by rookie wide receiver DJ Turner. Don't go anywhere. I just think this, this is a good draft class as a chance. I mean, really, when you look at the needs that the Raiders had, continue to, to improve the offensive line. They moved on from a number of core players there. And then I think defensively, you have to have guys that can rush the pass. You have to have guys that can cover on the back end. And I think you know, that's been a, a real weak spot for the Raiders for the last couple of years. You can't keep giving up 30 points each week and expect to win in this this you know, this league. And when you look around the division at, at the team speed of the Chiefs and a guy like Patrick Mahomes, you better have guys that can be disruptive in terms of rushing the passer and guys that can cover. I think that was a big focus, not only in the draft, but also in free agency. And welcome back to Just Pod Baby. There you heard the voice of former Raiders quarterback Rich Gannon talking about the 2021 draft and improving defensively. Now, speaking of the draft, not every prospect here has named called, but oftentimes that doesn't matter. It's all about getting an opportunity, and that is the case for our next guest this week who was signed by the Raiders as an undrafted free agent. Let's say hello to Raiders rookie wide receiver DJ Turner. How you guys doing, man? DJ, thanks so much for uh, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to give us a, a few minutes here. I'm really interested in your journey to the Raiders as an undrafted free agent. So let's let's start there. Uh, you played four years with the University of Maryland before ending your collegiate career at Pittsburgh. If, if you don't mind, share us uh, share with us a little bit about your decision to move on from Maryland and enroll in the ACC with, with Pittsburgh. 
Um, yeah, so um, I made that decision kind of uh, like right at the start of um, August camp. So um, the Big Ten had canceled their season because of COVID, and I, I had wanted to play. So I made the decision to kind of move on and try to figure out a conference that I could play in, which was either the Pac-12 or the ACC. And um, I had some I had some ties over at uh, at Pittsburgh, so it was kind of a no-brainer. So that's interesting. So you you actually made that decision in August, and then you you were ready to go by by the beginning of the season in in the fall. Yeah, so I, it's it's kind of funny too because I um I actually got to Pittsburgh like my first week of practice was actually uh, the week right before game week. So I kind of I didn't have much time to kind of pick up the offense, but um I did I did what I did as much as I could and. Went out for the first week and actually bought out too, so it, it kind of worked out. That that's really incredible that you were able to to make all that happen so fast and get yourself ready with you know really less than like two weeks. Uh, and you really had a, a fine season uh, in twenty twenty with Pitt. You you, you got a, a good opportunity there and you made the most of it. You caught forty four passes for six hundred and thirty four yards with three touchdowns. But the area where you you may have excelled the most is in the return game, as both a kickoff and a punt return specials it sounds like it sounds like you're just a really well-rounded football player but in your own words what do you think your greatest strength is um I w- like I would just say my versatility like I like you said I'm I feel like I'm a very well-rounded football player just being able to um contribute on offense as, as a slot receiver or outside receiver and I could I could even play a little bit of running back as well too and then on um, what I bring to the re- to the return game it's definitely um it's definitely a plus as well too. So all that stuff I feel like could could help any team, especially the Raiders. So that's what that's what I plan to do. Now you, you mentioned uh, you mentioned versatility. Are are you primarily uh, where are you more comfortable in the slot or on the outside? I know I, I know your your size. You're what five nine two hundred pounds. I think I saw you listed at. So were you used primarily throughout your college career in the slot? Tell us a little bit about that. So yeah, so um, like so primarily, I, I I do feel a little bit more comfortable in the slot, but um, due to the circumstances this year at Pitt, like I kind of had to um get in where I could fit in, so I had to play a lot more outside receiver than I was used to, and it kind of um kind of just gave me the opportunity to kind of expand my game a little bit too, just working on that every day and trying to become a better complete receiver. It, it, I think it definitely gave me um more opportunities moving on to the next level because. Um, in this league, it's kind of like, like especially like if you're not like the number one guy, you kind of got to be able to know everything or be able to play everything to stick around for as long as you can. So that's that's pretty much what I'm planning on doing. Absolutely. Uh, now, Raiders undrafted free agent wide receiver DJ Turner is our guest this week on Just Pod Baby. So, DJ, you know, you were going through this this whole draft process, all the preparation that goes into it. You were working out for teams during pro days and whatnot, and, and then the draft comes, right? And, and you don't hear your name called, and I'm sure that was disappointing. But then you have to go through this whole other process where the teams are now reaching out to you as a free agent to see if you're interested in joining their team. And, and, and I think in most cases, and you can – if I'm wrong, you can tell me this, but I think in most cases this can be really beneficial to a prospect like yourself because now you get to kind of pick and choose the team that you feel gives you the best opportunity and a team that's a good fit for you and your style of play. So what was it that attracted you to signing with the with the Las Vegas Raiders? Um, just I felt like when when I looked at the um I sat down with like my family and my agent, we we looked over the roster and um they they were pretty um big on bringing in a, a return guy and um I felt like 
it was just the best situation for me overall with, with the receivers that they had. Like somebody, I feel like it was a lot of people I could come in and learn from early and try to kind of um, shadow as much as I could and then um, get opportunity to actually play a little bit as a returner. And then, um, I mean, it's, it's Las Vegas. Like I, I don't know who wouldn't want to, wouldn't want to come there to play and be a part of that program. And it's a, they have a great coach with, with John Gruden and, um, it's great history behind the team too. So it, I, I kind of factored factored all that in when it came to making the decision. It was kind of a, a no brainer as well. Yeah, and I, and I think I think you made a great choice. You talked about uh, the need for a return guy, and I think you're 100 percent accurate. I followed this team my whole entire life, and and you know very closely, especially the last few years. And and you're right on the money there. They do need a return guy, and I think that that works out really well for you. And I and I think you also picked a great spot because I'm not sure if you're aware of this. Uh, but in recent years, the Raiders, they've kept many of their undrafted free agents. They've made the roster, and, and they've stuck around, and some of them have earned starting roles. Andre James, who is the, who is the center, is going to be competing for a starting job this year. He was an undrafted guy out of UCLA. Alec Ingold, the fullback. Jalen Richard, who was one of the running backs. And even the punter, A.J. Cole, just to name a few guys. So that has to give you some confidence, knowing that the Raiders are an organization that isn't afraid to roll with some undrafted players. And I think in your situation, you mentioned you can contribute as a return man. You have a niche that can really help your chances of making the team. So, what, what, what's some of your thoughts on that? Yeah, for sure. I, I feel like I feel like um, like we we looked at it. We looked at all that when it came to trying to make a decision, and then even um, being there for rookie minicamp, they they talked about having like that underdog mentality and going into going into my career with that mentality. I feel like um, the sky's the limit. So um, and like they they brought up all those names and a lot of a lot of uh, guys from from the past who played um, for the Raiders that went undrafted or late round guys that 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 are Hall of Famers now. So um, I feel like the sky's the limit and um, I could I could get out as much as I put into it and it's it's all it's all possible for me to make it happen. So. Yeah, now now last year around this time, I I had Jalen Richard on the show, and, and again, I'm not sure if you've had a chance to meet him or not, but he is one of the the running backs on the team. I think he's in his fourth or fifth year now. He's on a second contract with the team, and, and during our conversation, we spoke about his rookie year when he was going, you know, through much of what you're experiencing right now, the same situation that you are in now, and and he talked about. You know, he set goals for himself going into mini camp and training camp. Each day, you know, his goal was to go out there and try to make a play every day to make himself stand out. And over time, he was able to do that. And he built himself like a little resume. And that made it very, very difficult for the coaches to keep him off the roster. And, and I think there is some value uh, in speaking with some of the veterans on the team who have experienced what you're going through right now. Um, so I'm curious, ha- have you had the chance to, to, to reach out, to speak to any of those guys who were undrafted guys, or, or if you have not yet, maybe do you plan to in the, in the future? Uh, yeah, I haven't, um, I haven't got a chance to meet any, any of the veterans, um, yet, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it when I get out there on Sunday and, um, I, I can't wait to kind of be a sponge to those guys and soak everything in and just, just try to repeat what they're doing. So, um, Definitely trying to definitely looking forward to take making the most out of that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. I think that would be a, a definitely a smart plan there. Now, I I know you've only had a, a you know a couple of practices out there in Vegas, but what what has it been like to work with with Coach Gruden so far and, and some of his staff? Uh, it's been great because um 
just like you like I've I've watched them on TV for I don't know how many years now. Just the the chance to actually finally meet him and get get to hold his like shake his hand and and actually see what he's like in person. It was great and and just trying to um keep up with everything. You like you know they they like to do a lot of different things on offense. So it's like you gotta you gotta learn quick and be able to be able to mix and mingle around in that offense. And I, I feel like they're doing a great job of kind of helping us learn everything. And well for me and for me in general. And I I can't um. I guess I can't I can't say enough how grateful I am for the opportunity of them bringing me in too. So, DJ Turner, uh, Raiders rookie wide receiver, is our guest tonight on Just Pod Baby, doing a great job here, giving us some insight. Uh, now, now, mm-hmm. one other thing I want to ask you about: just last year, the Raiders, I'm sure you're aware, moved into their brand new stadium, Allegiant Stadium, and an all new state of the art practice facilities and, and team headquarters out in Henderson. What has been your first impressions of the new facilities and, and everything that it has to offer to the players? Um, so, so far, I've only got to see the um, practice facility. But, it, I mean, it's great. Like, it's probably the nicest um, facility I've ever been in or ever got a chance to see in person. And um, I, I can't wait to actually see the stadium or actually be in, get a chance to get inside of it. Like, so far, I haven't got to see it yet. I'm sure at some point during these OTAs or camp, um, I'll get the opportunity. But I, I can't wait. That's great. And, and, you know, I'm always curious when I talk to the players, when I interview players, um, I've asked a few other guys this. Could you take us through, like, and again, I know there's only been a, a handful of practices, uh, but if you could just kind of take us through, walk us through what a, what a typical work day looks like during during your first couple rookie mini camp practices. Do they primarily have you working, you know, just on the field, or is there a combination of on the field work mixed in with some some meetings in the classroom, or did they have you guys zooming at all? So just kind of give us a little bit of insight onto what what they put you guys through. Um, it's a good combination of both meetings and field work. So, um, like it's more meetings than anything. It's like you you come in, you eat, we'll meet, or we'll be in the facility, but we'll still have to meet on Zoom, and then um, get a chance to do some walkthroughs, more meetings, and then uh, at least for this last rookie camp, we just had about an hour and a half on the field, and and that was about it. But it, like I said, it's a good um, good mix of both. Yeah, it sounds like they keep you guys pretty busy. Uh, now, I just I have one final question for you, DJ, and you're, you're doing a great job here. Uh, besides yourself, of course, because I know you're out there making plays, I'm sure, are there any other guys out at Rookie Minicamp that, that, that you think are, are standing out, doing a nice job, stepping up, making some plays out there? Uh, yeah, it, it's, a, um, it's a... I mean, everybody, everybody that I've got to actually see um, practicing has, has looked good. I, I know a couple of names because I got to work with Dylan Stone and he was the other receiver there. Right, right. Um, he looked very good working. And then um, I, I kind of got a chance to know uh, Devery Hamilton before because we're, we're kind of from the same area. And we, we actually caught the same flight out there. So we got to talk a little bit on the way there. So I, I tried to keep an eye out for him. And he, look, he looked pretty good as well. So, but I mean, even the coaches had a lot of good stuff to say about everybody um, after the rookie mini camp. So I, from from what I can hear, at least I didn't really get to watch everybody, but from what I can hear, everybody kind of impressed. So, looking forward to seeing what everybody could bring to the table when when we actually out there and full go. Well, that, that's great to hear, DJ, and it sounds like you're definitely on the right track, headed in the right direction. And and I thank you so much for giving us, uh, you know, some of your time tonight. It was a it was great to chat with you, and you you definitely got a new fan in me. And I'm I'm rooting hard for you to stick around with this organization. We wish you all the best. Good luck, my friend. Thank you, bro. I appreciate you for having me. All right, so that was my interview with with DJ Turner, uh, undrafted free agent wide receiver for the Raiders. And 
I got to tell you, that's an incredible story that he shared with us about how, you know, he's playing in the Big Ten with Maryland and he finds out that his his season is is now canceled. And because he, he loves the game, right, he wants to continue his career. And that is something that Gruden must have loved, Mayock must have loved. So he says, you know what, I'm transferring. And mid-August decides he's transferring into the ACC to play with Pitt and gets to campus, has one week to practice before the first game. Think about that. One week, just gets on campus. And he goes out there, I looked up the stats, leads the team in receiving with 76 yards and had a a 51-yard touchdown catch, a couple punt returns. So that's incredible. That's just just incredible. And, And that shows you how much this kid loves the game. So DJ, hats off to you, and I wish you all the best. Uh, in your journey here with with the Las Vegas Raiders. All right, so I I do want to touch on one final thing here before I I wrap it up this week. Uh, At the end of last week's episode when we were chatting with our good friend Q Myers, uh, host of the Lockdown Raiders podcast, he mentioned that he he, he saw a tweet uh, about Casey Hayward signing with the Raiders. And of course, we learned that 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 did not happen at that point in time, but it did happen a couple of days later. So I want to at least comment on that briefly. Uh, the Raiders did sign Casey Hayward. Uh, you know my my feelings on this. I talked about it a little bit last time. How I thought that we would see a, a veteran get added to this this roster, whether it was uh, Richard Sherman or a guy like Casey Hay- Hayward. You know, obviously the. The uh, being familiar with with Gus Bradley that made a lot of sense as to why I thought you know that, that could be a fit for him. So uh, I, I like the move. You know, does does he have something left in the tank? I, I think so. I believe he's only thirty years old. Uh, it was just a couple of years ago he was playing at a, a pretty high level, uh, and so so I'm I'm happy about that. They bring him in. He instantly becomes probably their top corner, right? I, I would say that that's fair to say. Um, and he can be that veteran guy there in in the, in the uh, secondary who can lead some of these young players, help teach them Bradley's system. And and I think the question that maybe some of you are still wondering is where is he going to play? Will it be on the outside? Will it be in the slot? Because he can do both. I think it's going to be on the outside. I think you're going to see him starting along with Trayvon Mullen, and that leaves that slot job up for grabs right now. I would say Damon Arnett. Uh, is a candidate they'd like to see win that job. He did have some experience playing there in college. Maybe he, that's where he's better suited. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. They also have Nevin Lawson, who's going to be serving that two-game suspension to start the season. He played a lot there last year for the Raiders, so there's plenty of experience uh, under his belt. I'd like to see him make a few more plays. How about how about a pass? Uh, how about a pass uh, PBU once in a while, or, or or interception now and then? Right, that would be nice. And then, and of course, they still have Amik Robertson who was uh you know fifth round draft pick from a year ago who a lot of people were very excited about uh so so those are a couple of names to keep an eye on also the rookie uh Hobbs Nate Hobbs out of Illinois he might be a guy that you could also keep an eye uh, an eye on he he has some experience playing in the slot as well so I at least wanted to throw those comments out there about the signing of Casey Hayward all right, Raider Nation, that is going to do it for this week's edition of Just Pod Baby. Uh, hope you enjoyed that interview there with DJ Turner. And do two things for me, please, before we say goodnight. Number one, make sure you're subscribing to the podcast so you don't miss out on anything. Number two, give me a follow on Twitter, egroat 5 egroat 5 All right, guys, I hope everyone has a great weekend. 
And until the next time, I am your host, Evan Grote. This is Just Pod Baby, and as always, just win, baby.